Welcome back to another episode of uh, Direct Connect. Uh, I'm here today, Stacy Bressler, and uh, we have Nick Weber here. Um, we're excited to talk to you today about something that uh, both Nick and I uh, uh, did uh, over the last few days here. Is, uh, uh, we were participatory in a, uh, a great community of people, uh, uh, Veterans in Energy. It's an uh, organization that has uh, um, really built its uh, mission around uh, helping uh, – uh, veterans who are leaving the military forces uh, services uh, to come into the energy sector, where we all know that we are in the energy sector uh, really looking for great talent. And uh, this is a great connection and resource. And we heard a number of things that were really exciting. And uh, we'd like to share that with you guys. And uh, I'll start, Nick, um, yeah, maybe kick that off and just, you know, what are the things that you were hearing that, you know, really kind of stood out and things that, you know, other people in the energy sector should know about. I think the ones that really jumped out at me were all the different placement opportunities, both um, from the Archer side of going out looking for talent, but also folks I know who are in the military and looking to transition out. Honestly, one of the advices I give to people who are asking about going into the military is figure out what you want out of it and have your exit plan before you start. So even if you've got a high school kid that thinks they want to go to the military and then go check out jobs afterwards, Kind of help them tee that up. Um, one of the ones that really jumped out that I got to look a lot more into was um, SkillBridge. So basically DOD will pay somebody who's transitioning out their base salary for six months to go do an internship out in the private sector. So as a as an employer or job creator, you get six months of, of free labor and a test drive of somebody you think might be a good fit. Um, doesn't cost you a dime other than the time it takes to get them spun up and, and work with them. That was a really cool program. Huge win. Yeah, that's gigantic. And I don't know uh, how many utilities know about that option, but um, a lot of that information is on the website, the uh, veteransandenergy.org. Fantastic resource for all kinds of things like uh, what uh, Nick was just talking about, uh, uh, those programs. But um, another thing I heard, Nick, that they were talking about was what, you know, the electric utilities can do internally about – um, you know, talking about the skills and qualifications that veterans come uh, to bear. And I, I, it really hit me hard when um, they had a couple generals that were doing some of these uh, uh, keynote speakers, but they were, they hit on the thing that if you've gone through the military, you spend, you know, any quality time there you, um, and, you know, honorably discharged after 10 years of service or 15 years of service or even 20 plus, um, you have got a dedicated, loyal person that knows how to get something done. And that's, you know, to me, 90% of an employee's, you know, value to a corporation is somebody that can really do work. And they have that, that mental aptitude in order to succeed. And it's built in and grained into them. Uh, and, and so here's a great resource, a body of people that are coming out of the, the military that are readily available. I think I heard a number, correct me, Nick, if I'm wrong, that there's almost a quarter of a million veterans leaving the services every year. I think it was something in that space. Maybe it could have been more. That, but it, it, huge body feels, of people. That feels a little high, but 
I guess if you're bringing in the reserve component, that'd be that'd be right. But I think the total service is like five hundred thousand. So, not sure I buy that one completely. But it, oh. it is pretty high, and it's it's continuous. Um, and obviously, the better the economy is, the more likely people are to get out and go test the economy. But there's always people who are, are winding down their time in service. Um, and yeah, that reminded me of just kind of. I remember a conversation I had with Brent back when he was my boss at WEC, and, and we had a an intern who was struggling and Brent Brent was kind of coaching me and said, well, what were you doing when you were 23? That was so important. I said, I was leading a platoon in Iraq. He goes, well, you don't count, <laughs> but you have people who bring that skill set. I mean, you might get somebody who's 25 years old, who's been in charge of $20 million on a property book and, and run combat operations with not a whole lot of oversight. Show me the, the degree program or the, the job program that creates that. Um, yeah. That ability to just get things done. Like you said, Absolutely. And uh, I, 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 while, while you were talking, Nick, I went and looked it up. I, I had an extra zero on my thing. Uh, it's uh, closer to 25,000 leaving and retiring uh, the military services uh, each year. So that's still a great body of highly talented and qualified individuals that uh, you, yeah. know, you can look at for the various positions in the energy sector. And there's, to me, there's, there's a direct link too to a number of the job in in the military, um, security is huge now in in the utility in the in in the armed services, of course. But cybersecurity is big as well, and uh, that can directly relate back to you know what what we're really you know one of the top priorities in the energy sector is security. So if you're in that discipline in the military, easy transition over to to a utility. Um, but some of the other positions that you know anything regarding leadership. Um, that leadership role is desperately needed in the energy sector. Yeah, in the military, once you get past about two to three years, you're in charge of something. So you have that leadership experience. Nobody gets out of it without leadership uh, experience. The cyber piece, I think, was really interesting because that's where I, I wound down my, my career in Army Reserve Cyber. And I was just, I thought, I went in knowing there's enough cyber to be dangerous, but I was around a lot of the, the U.S. CERT, ICS CERT folks kind of the, the heavy hitters that all hang out in Idaho National Labs, all those folks. Um, the guys on my team there, on our dynamic defense team and our our, um, our entire network defense program, they could hang. Uh, yep. They were extremely, like you said, dedicated, talented, um, but they also figured out how to take people and train them how to get into cyber having the operational background. That was how I got in there, mm -hmm. because I could run operations. Um, the other piece that jumped out that really just seemed like a no-brainer to me, but we heard it a lot this week, was the ability to follow a procedure, write a procedure, incorporate mm. safety into everything, do risk analysis on the fly. Um, those are all things that it seems counterintuitive that when you're in combat that you're not even worried about those things, but you absolutely are. I mean, my biggest fear when I was a platoon in Iraq was losing one of my soldiers. Even bigger was because I did something stupid. So... Being able to just inherently bake in that risk assessment and safety into everything you do, whether it's um, like we see walking around the office, we have our safety briefs in our industry for everything. Slips, trips, falls, everybody kind of jokes about it, but you think about those all the way up to whether you're working with um, doing hotline work on a line or you're out doing combat operations, uh, running a movement to contact in Baghdad. You're still thinking through, how do I mitigate the risk? Give me the best chance of success to be safe, get the job done and get everybody home. Uh, that's yeah. another thing that, again, your average 23, 24 year old, 
they're still figuring out how to do risk analysis as their brain's developing. Somebody's got five, six years of it. They walk through Absolutely. your door with that experience. That's impressive. It is impressive. And you, you hit on something that was big, you know, that, that checklist, that transactional approach to, to doing your job is really fits into the energy sector. That's what we do. You know, uh, the energy sector is very transactional, very checklist, very procedural based. You got a talent of people from the military services coming out and already have that baked into the, the way they think. And uh, so those ties are perfect there. Um, so what would you say to somebody, Nick? Uh, let's say I'm, I've got 15 years in the, in the Navy. I'm, I'm ready to leave. Um, you know, I've done my service and, and I'm, I'm looking at getting, um, you know, a regular job. Uh, what should I do? What, 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 what resources are for me out there in, and, um, especially in the energy sector? I think the first one is to, to start reaching out to folks who are, who've made that transition, whether it's through veterans and energy or hitting LinkedIn, find somebody, you know, a friend of a friend, um, and then have them help with getting your resume put together. That was the hardest thing for me was trying to take all the things I'd done in the military that are in military jargon and I could throw out all the buzzwords and it would go to an HR person who had no idea what it meant and just said, oh, this person's not a fit. And that was, I was very fortunate in some of my transition. I was in the, the National Guard and the Reserve. So one of the panelists at the end of the day yesterday made the comment that when you're in that position, you're always in transition and she was absolutely right. So I went through it a few times. One of the ones that was probably the most, it didn't work out as far as finding a job, but it was set me up huge for follow on was working with uh, a headhunter that works with the military specifics. So they helped me figure out how to interview because I hadn't interviewed since I was in college interviewing for a job at either Arby's or the mall or whatever it was, some of those ones. So having a professional interview, writing a resume that makes sense, writing a cover letter, things you don't do in the military because everything is, the personnel system is very different. You have your ratings and, and you know people and you, you're on kind of a career path that you manage to a degree, but not anything like private sector. But what yeah, about you? The, what, what would you recommend? I think, I think those are, those are great things that resume building that, uh, um, you know, getting yourself ready to, to go through interviews, um, something that you haven't done, you know, forever, or maybe not at all. You know, you join the military when you're in your teens, right out of high school and you put your 20 years mm -hmm. in, you may not have even done any of these things and, and, uh, you know, getting, uh, you know, some professional services to help you with that is, is a really good start. Practice those things, practice the interviews, get to know what the culture is, uh, of, uh, uh, you know, your target job. Uh, I think that's really important. Do some research. Um, and you know, in today's world, we got, we got the Google, right? We got the ability to do a, quite a bit of research. So, um, there's almost no excuse uh, for not doing that and, and knowing the company that you're going to go interview with, you know, do some research so you know who they are and what they're about. Back in my day, um, uh, goodness sakes, we didn't have the internet. So I didn't, <laughs> I didn't have any of those things. And uh, now I'm dating myself. Uh, we also didn't have these wonderful resources either. Uh, you know, and I came out of the military, it was like, bye. And that was it. Um, you know, today there's quite a few resources uh, in the military itself that are helping you transition. And then outside you got, you know, like veterans and energy and you have um, even companies have um, HR departments that specialize in talking and working with military uh, servicemen. Uh, so take advantage of the, everything that's out there for you. And uh, yeah, I think it'll really help. 
to, to flip and, it, what would you say from the employer side to, to help bring veterans in? Hmm. That yeah. was one of the things I looked at. I kept thinking through Archer, we're fairly small. How do we do this? Um, yeah, that's that's a good point. I, I think one of the things that we can do, um, and I think we're going to talk about this later, Nick, uh, as uh, uh, partners of the company, is, is uh, we can build some education opportunities for the uh, military servicemen that, so they understand a little bit about, you know, what, uh, for example, security looks like in the in the energy sector. What what are those disciplines? What are those regulatory stratas uh, that you have to think about? So we can give them some base knowledge, uh, and, uh, so they can make a, a, a informed decision whether that's something they want to do. Right? It's it's one thing to say I did security for the Air Force and I you know I was doing all this to transitioning that into you know I'm doing security now for. A very small corporation in um, uh, you know Biloxi, Mississippi. I don't know why I picked that. Probably because that's an Air Force base <laughs> that's ingrained in me. But uh, you know, it, it, it does take you know. I, I'm working things at a macro level, and here's a micro level uh, perspective. And you know, uh, I think that's something we can as an employer uh, uh, provide that that information uh, back to the the servicemen so they can you know, make some make some decisions. Yeah, I think uh, we're kind of up to time here, uh, um, Nick. Any parting words? I, I would say the big one is kind of. I'm gonna I'm gonna go two sides with this one. If you're looking to transition the energy sector, absolutely reach out, get involved with veterans and energy. Um, I'd say reach out to us. I'm happy to talk to anyone. Absolutely. Um, if, if you know somebody, you got a kid who's willing to go in, wanting, wanting to go into the military, have that discussion of here's some of the things you can do with it. And then on the employer side. If you don't understand the, the resume from somebody who's transitioning out, find somebody who does. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the, the skill sets that I was very fortunate to have my very first job in the military, uh, I'm going to throw my hat on, my, my cavalry, my Stetson from when I was in the 11th ACR, <laughs> doesn't fit over the headphones, but my job was to essentially command a uh, motorized rifle company, mimic a Soviet era or Soviet era offshoot army, very similar to what we're seeing in Ukraine right now, mm-hmm. um, and break the U.S. Army. Um, so I got to go, here's all the doctrine you're going to have. Now you figure out how to use it against them. Um, so really it was a total, I didn't realize until it was my master's program, um, tolerance for ambiguity. It was, hey, here's a blank slate and a great big desert and you've got two tanks and three Bradleys. Go tear stuff up. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, that, that lab, that canvas, the learning experience was phenomenal, which now I have transitioned into, that's how I run all my SIP 14 stuff to take all those lessons learned. It's basic infantry tactics, basic intelligence stuff that I learned again, when I was 22, 23, 24 years old. Uh, but it was really hard to explain that to somebody who, who hadn't done it. Like when I say op right. four, if you haven't been in the military, that means nothing. Uh, trying to yep. explain two train, two tanks, three Bradley to an HR person. They don't know what that means. So absolutely. Go for, go, try to learn those things. Get involved. Bring somebody in to help if you need it. Yep. Yeah. And if you're an, a recruiter or an HR uh, person in your energy company, um, you know, look at that uh, uh, serviceman's uh, resume another time. Uh, give it a second chance. Read through it. These are good people. And uh, you are getting somebody that's going to be loyal to your organization. And uh, uh, they'll fit in great. Uh, just, uh, you know, give them a chance. And that's all we ask. And, and appreciate uh um, everyone who's listened to this uh, podcast, you know, Nick and I have served our time with the 
in, in the military and uh, uh, we would never, I, I, I had a tough time through it, but I would always do it again. Uh, I, I would I, I would really love to repeat that experience. It is uh, something like nothing else. And uh, um, the friends and camaraderie you make is, is genuine. And uh, these are the kind of people you want in your organization. So um, we're really encouraging in, uh, veterans in the energy sector. So thank you, everyone. Uh, we will uh, um, be back with another episode here soon. And uh, have a great day. Not only is Direct Connect available to listen to, you can also watch each episode on our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash Archer News Network. If you're interested in who we are and what we do, head on over to our website at archerint.com. That's archerint.com. You can also follow us on our social media platforms, Archer International on Facebook, Archer Energy Solutions LLC on LinkedIn, at Archer underscore INTL on Twitter. Thanks for listening, and check back every other week for brand new episodes.